We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MBW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in. But why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parham. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome in to this edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parham, Neil McCready. Not really the Clark Ford studio, but still tell you about it here in a minute. We've got plenty of ice in Oxford. Not snow, pretty much all ice, but uh, some storylines as well. Some movement on a coaching staff for Ole Miss. Brian Brown in. Canoto Hudson out. The Rebels sweep a couple SEC home basketball games over the week, beating Florida and Vanderbilt as uh, as well. 69-56 over the Commodores on Saturday afternoon at the pavilion a uh, a week of road games now coming up uh, for the rebels as they are two and one in the sec we'll discuss that a little bit big recruiting day for Ole Miss yesterday yam banks from south alabama commits daquan wright the tight end from virginia tech commits all that and more coming up on today's show show brought to you every day by the oxford exxon highway six west in oxford you know all about the lunch specials 569 two sides bread any size fountain drink on those the beer cave here locally in Oxford, and then uh, up and down I-55 and North Mississippi as well for those locations of the Blue Sky. The Clark Force Studio, 662-257-1900 is the phone number. Highway 25 South in Amory. Corey wants to be your truck guy, wants to be your car guy. He will take care of you no matter where you are in the car buying process. So uh, give Corey, our friend, a call and let him assist you with that. And then, uh, I guess, technically, Neil, on the Campbell Clinic hotline this uh, this morning. Yep, the Campbell Clinic is in Oxford now, 2608 South Lamar Boulevard, Suite 102, just across the street from the cottages at Hooper Hollow. Campbell Clinic provides full-service orthopedic care, everything from sports medicine to foot and ankle surgery to spine, total joint care, pediatric orthopedics, physical therapy, and more. To book an appointment, go to CampbellClinicOxford.com or call 901-759-3111. Walk-ins always welcome at the Campbell Clinic Monday through Friday, 7.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, Neil, you hanging in there? Appreciate you playing hurt a little bit. How you feeling? Um, I feel okay. I mean, still have some pain, still soreness and stiffness and all that stuff. And um, Painkillers had me a little loopy. Um, not sure I remember everything from the weekend, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm here. It's going to be 
going to be five long weeks. Well, you know, you picked a, a, a good week from a lot of different ways. You and I were talking about it yesterday. There's no good time, but this is probably the best time in your calendar, A. And then, B, you get a week here where nobody's doing shit anyway. I mean, it, it is it is nothing but ice outside right now. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a little confused because I keep, I keep seeing um, additional snowfall today. It, it, unless I am a really bad meteorologist, I'm not aware of any snowfall in Oxford. It has been pretty much all freezing rain and sleet. If you just drove up. You would think it's snow on the ground, but it's not. It's uh, it's ice and sleet. If you're if you're getting out, I know I'm probably the thousandth person to tell you, but don't unless you just have to. Um, Jim, Jim Cantori came to town yesterday, and that's typically bad signs for uh, whoever is uh, in his path at that point. It is it is not snow. I think we got completely jinxed by the emergency management yesterday predicting no snow. I mean, sorry, no ice in the uh, in the snowfall. Instead, we've had very little snow in the ice fall to this point. Yeah, everybody kept talking about five to eight inches of snow, and I was looking at the radar going, but we're in the ice. <laughs> That's I don't I don't understand. You know, you, you miss one prediction doing what we do, and everybody reminds you of it forever. <laughs> Weather people get to be wrong all the damn time, and nobody holds it against them. It's bizarre. Yeah, it is. It is pretty much nothing but ice. Uh, I, if you're doing the sleds and stuff, I'm sure it's plenty slick. You'll be able to do that, but not not good weather to travel in. Not good. Uh, not good weather for much else. Not many snowmen going on in Oxford at this point. It's uh, it's it, it's a lot of ice. So um, a lot of things here. I, 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 I'll set you up a little bit. Uh, Ole Miss picks up a couple commits yesterday. Again, Yam Banks from South Alabama, Daquan Wright, the uh, the tight end. Both those significant in their own ways. It feels like in some ways Banks is kind of a one-for-one for Materia McDonald, who ended up uh, going to Louisville from Tennessee, playing defensive back there. Had a really nice uh, career at South Alabama with Kane prior to uh, coming to Ole Miss. And then they, they obviously needed tight end depth. They needed somebody to go with pre-scoring, with Hudson Wolf. You know that injuries happen. You saw it happen um, this past season in a lot of ways. I thought that was an inc- kind of an incredible get considering somebody coming into the portal, coming in with options, and knowing that not just sharing the load with pre-scoring, but knowing that you're pretty much number two when you enter that. That was, that, that, that was a pretty good pull at a spot that was really needed. I just appreciate the fact that Daquan Wright communicates like a human being. Um, most most recruits, especially portal guys, do not. They do not deal with any media at all. And he answered questions. He said, "Hey, let me get settled in the airport, and I'll I'll call you." And I was like, "Hey, look, these are th- this is really elementary, fundamental stuff. These are my four questions. If you want to call me, you can. If you just want to send me the answers to this, you can do that too." And he goes, "Yeah, I'll just do that." He sent me the answers to the questions. I was able to plug them into a story and. Uh, off we went. It was super simple. Uh, it, it it just shows you uh, how – Is there's an article I put in 10 Thoughts yesterday, though, about the recruiting process and how many people bombarded these guys. And I get why they shut it down. I totally do. But um, I'll give myself credit. I figured it – I've long ago figured this out. Like, hey, I, I don't I don't need a book about your life history. I just need a couple of basic quotes that I can stick in and – um, he provided that. And so, yeah, I agree. It's a big pickup. Look, they still to this moment haven't really replaced Quinshawn Judkins, unless you're counting on Logan Diggs being back from an ACL tear. So they're going to have to do it in different ways. And and some two tight end sets, the, the 12th personnel is going to be one of those options. And to do that, mm-hmm. you've got to have depth at tight end. And 
um, you know, to go be able to land a, a sitting starting tight end like he was at Virginia Tech, knowing that Caden Priestcorn's at Ole Miss was a, an accomplishment for them on the recruiting trail. They had competition there. Texas A&M wanted, um, wanted Daquan as well, but they got him. And then I think you're right about the Banks thing. I mean, they lost McDonald to Louisville and replaced him with um, with Yam. And, and you know, he was a very good player for, for Kane and, and South Alabama last year, so last couple of years. So a good pickup that uh, everybody tells me that Pete Golding's always kind of had his eye on him. And so a, a good pickup there as well. So they've, They've had a very good year defensively in the portal, as we've talked about. Um, you know, offensively, I think they're probably still trying to plug a few holes. Yeah, look, they need offensive linemen. That's not a secret. Things went south with Hurd. They uh, lost Percy Lewis to Arkansas with all kind of stuff happening around that. They did pick up uh, Diego Pounds, but they they need more linemen. That that will continue to be a focus going into to, to May and that next portal period. And yeah, I mean, you're right. You're talking about Ulysses Bentley, who has been banged up. He's been good when he's played, but he's not stayed healthy either season. He had a thumb injury his first year and this past year. Um, you know, had hundred and something carries, but not a full load. Judkins averaged two hundred and seventy three carries over the last two years. That's that, that's a lot of tote in the rock. And Diggs is coming off an ACL injury. So even if you assume that he is one hundred percent healthy, Ole Miss thinks that it's possible he misses the first couple games of the season. Um, they're not counting on him there in the opener or the next game. And it's a by committee approach, but this is somewhat sourced and then also just kind of my guess. I still think they find a way to sign another running back in May. I think you're talking about one more back um, on this roster because right now from a scholarship standpoint, it's those two guys in, in, in Roscano who hasn't – they keep saying nice things, and I'm not saying they're wrong, but he hasn't had a collision carry yet. So I don't know what that's going to look like. They, they, they probably do need to go uh, – Auburn, not Arkansas ground, you're right. Need to uh, – need to get a fourth back. I mean, you need a fourth scholarship back, especially when you've got the, either the injury present or the injury history with the two main guys you're trying to uh, make it work. And then, uh, as it's been noted, they also have had a little bit of movement here with uh, Decam Richardson headed to the NFL draft, thought that potentially he was going to be their top cornerback next season. Instead, he is uh, testing the professional waters at this point. They've got the Walker kid from Michigan trying to uh, close him out raw very talented very much recruited out of high school obviously a big prospect out of high school but that's not a one-for-one with Decam Richardson to mind a guy who's only played 66 collegiate snaps this past season compared to Richardson who was one of the top PFF corners in the country so uh, there is a couple spots where they're still kind of scrambling in that in that mode um whoever ends up playing throughout that secondary will have a uh, new coach Ole Miss never announced Canetto Hudson's departure but they have announced his replacement in Brian Brown the former Ole Miss player from Corinth. He's been uh, at Cincinnati most recently. He's been at Louisville, been in Appalachian State as as well. And, you know, the, the numbers came back to earth a little bit for him. He was one of the top defensive coordinators in the country when he was with the with uh, the Cardinals at Louisville. Came up with Satterfield through Appalachian State. It, it was indicative. You know, it's kind of funny because had you gotten Brian Brown a couple years ago for the spot, and been like, oh, my God, you got one of the best position coaches in the country and you did all this and you get a recruiter and this dynamic guy. And then, you know, you look at it and you go, hey, his numbers at Cincinnati were whatever. He hasn't forgotten how to coach. What it tells me is that Cincinnati got into the Big 12 and that's an entirely different animal. And that changed everything as far as production and what was possible. And suddenly compared to Appalachian State where you're running that conference or at Louisville where they've been very competitive inside the SEC for the most part, your gun doesn't look the same when you're in the Big 12 suddenly and you've got Cincinnati on your chest. 
Oh yeah, for sure. I agree with all of that. Um, the one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, it's pretty obvious what's coming over the next three months. Ole Miss is going to get in the tampering portal pretty hard. Um, and then come May, they'll try to, uh, pulls a, probably a running back out of, out of the transfer portal. I would guess another offensive lineman, maybe two. And then look, I don't think you can put Dion Smith's name in ink here uh, in August. I mean, there's still some work he's got to get done to, to be academically eligible. So I won't be shocked if they add another receiver from the portal in May, but I know Golding's got a shark emoji thing out this morning. I don't know who that is. I'm assuming maybe it's the kid from from Michigan, uh, but I don't know. And then I think things will slow down at that point until May, and then they'll add a few guys, and we'll see come this fall whether they have enough. Yeah, the the Michigan kid makes the most sense on what that is. Pete put that out sometime around 7 a.m. this morning. He was in town over the weekend. Um, Pete was with him most of the weekend. Uh, I guess could be Blackshire if it wasn't, but that is a complete guess at this point. So uh, my, my, my guess is the Walker kid from Michigan. Yeah, Black, and, you know. Blackshire was in Austin over the weekend. I don't think he committed to them either. I know he did not commit to Ole Miss on his visit to Oxford, but I think he was going to look at both places. And then, you know, I mean, he could conceivably return to Alabama. He could get out of the portal and stay where he is. I'm sure that the new staff there will try to – Talk to him about that. Yeah, I mean, as you, as you said on Deion Smith, I mean, best case scenario is he shows up in time for summer and August um, at this point. So it, it just – it's becoming a little bit of a – you know, one of the five or ten guys that we feel like we talked about in recruiting forever and it never really came to fruition or the guy was in multiple classes. I mean, it, it's starting to get into cliche territory a little bit with Dion if it doesn't happen this time. So, well. Yeah, I mean, you have to be eligible academically. Period. And that's been a challenge for him. Yeah. Uh, Alabama, Washington players can still get in the portal. They've got time to do whatever they want to do. Those uh, hires have been made. Kalen DeBoer hired at Alabama. I guess that has happened since the last time we talked to you guys. And then uh, Washington has hired Jet Fish, the Arizona head coach. Seemed like a really good hire for the Huskies there to uh, to replace DeBoer. There in Seattle, pretty good back-to-back hires for Troy Dannon, the new Washington athletic director. He was at Tulane prior to this where he hired Willie Fritz, who obviously did a nice job there uh, in New Orleans for the Wave. I saw some video where he was having Fish sign his uh, a piece of paper that made it look like a contract, I would assume, on social media this morning. But those two hires have been made. So because of the head coach leaving stuff, you do have some portal flexibility with those programs. We'll continue to see what that means moving forward. I really don't I don't know at this point. But that's, uh, I don't either. That's the deal. The uh, Washington offensive coordinator is following DeBoer to Alabama. Saw that. He's highly regarded at this point. Yeah, um, he's he's very well thought of. Grubbs. Ryan Grubbs is his name, I think. What is that fan base going to make the baseline expectation for DeBoer? Make the playoffs. It doesn't change? No. No, I mean, he his expectation will be to – seamlessly continue on the Nick Saban era, which is why he, if you're betting pass-fail, you have to bet on fail. Well, e- because the pass-fail would be complicated even for Nick Saban. That's the dynamic of this that I find so fascinating is that Alabama's job is much harder today than it was 10 years ago. So your 
you're not only yeah. competing against continuing the Saban legacy, you're competing against an era that's no longer there or possible for the most part. I mean, it is it is an unwinnable thing if that is the expectation you're going to put on him. Now, look, are they going to play win a ton of football games? Sure. He's a damn good coach. He's won everywhere he's been. I mean, his his head coaching record is like 115 and 12 or something. Um, remarkable rise for a guy who was at Fresno State as the head coach a couple years ago, and that was his only uh, head coaching experience at the Division One level. Um, I see Grind saying Ryan and them said that they should make the title game next season. It's just it is it, it, it is a great job. It is also an impossible expectation if that's what they're going to put on this guy. Just. Just well, that's Alabama, man. I mean, there's no there's no program in the country that has a more inflated view of itself than that one. I mean, as good as they've been, they there's I'm sure there are elements of their fan base that appreciate it, but the majority of their fan base doesn't look at this and go, "Wow, we've had it really good." They look at it and go, "This is our rightful place." It's why they got so upset at, in, back in the 15, 20 years ago when people dared and say, "Hey." you might not be able to live off this Bryant thing forever. You know, they, they, they were offended by that. They, they believe, I mean, obviously in that state, football means more than it should mean. It really does. They, they truly believe that because their football team is better than yours, they are better than you, uh, which is, is sort of part of the problem there. But mm-hmm. DeBoer's in for a shot. It's, it's, you know, I mean, he's a very good coach. He's won everywhere he's ever been. He did a phenomenal job at Washington in two years. But um, the expectation there is that you win, you win big, you never lose, and, and that you win big at all times. And that's the, quote, standard. And, and the problem with that, as we've talked about, is that, I mean, look around the country, look around the league. There's a lot of schools that, especially now with the portal the way that it is, with NIL and pay for, pay for play the way that it is, there are a lot of programs that absolutely can compete with Alabama. I look at their schedule just quickly here as we're having this conversation, and, I mean, they have four legitimately difficult games if you think they're going to win the Iron Bowl against Auburn. Um, it's at home this year. I know it's been funky, so that's why I'm adding that as this fifth whatever, although Hugh has plenty of his own problems right now. Um they're at Wisconsin, but that should be a winnable game on September 14th, the game they win. They have a bye week prior to Georgia. They play Georgia in Tuscaloosa on September the 28th. Everybody's already kind of circled that one a little bit. It's one of the reasons why if Ole Miss just holds serve, they'll continue to move up in that preseason ranking throughout the season because they are 6-0 and and teams have to lose in front of them. They're at Tennessee, obviously the third Saturday in October. And then they got Missouri at home on October 26th. They have LSU in Baton Rouge on November 9th. And they have Oklahoma in Norman the week before the Iron Bowl. Those are the significant games on their schedule to this point. So It's going to be a hell of a league. No question. I mean, they'll be good. Georgia's going to be good. Ole Miss is good. Missouri's good. Texas is good. Tennessee's going to be good. LSU's not going to suck. No, they're not. They're really not. The we do the we not you and me, but we as in just college football followers in general do the whole. Well, they lose Jaden Daniels, they're going to suck. Nah, they they'll be talented, and then someone will surprise because someone every year surprises. Maybe it's A and M's year to surprise. Maybe that's what's coming. Maybe A and M finally does it, puts it together. Well, they they've, they've uh, dived into the portal, you know. So that's the thing. I mean, it's it's. Uh, 
it's the part of you know, Ole Miss is what Ole Miss has shown people. Missouri too is really is if you if you have enough hits in the portal, you can you can turn it around in one year. I'm seeing it in the stream. I kind of agree. Like nine and three is very possible for that team, as we sit here on January fifteenth, and that will be looked at as DeBoer sucks and an abject failure in Tuscaloosa. Yeah. At yeah. Nine and three. Yeah. Not fair at all. I mean. You, you, but you know what you signed up for. You could have stayed at Washington and made $8.5 million pre-bonus, gone to the Big Ten, seen how it goes. I mean, when you when you take that job and you take those resources, you're also taking on expectations that are not hidden. They'll tell you up front what they are. It's not like they're going to shock you down the road. I thought it was interesting that they got turned down a couple of times. Not shocking. But I thought it was interesting. And I took it as more than just replacing uh, – Nick Saban. I think with Dan Lanning, it was a, it was twofold. One, it was the the amount of money kind of that he would leave on the table at Oregon if he left. And two, I think, I think it was Lanning's way of saying, look, if I'm going to leave this gig, it's for Georgia, not Alabama. Mm-hmm. And then Norvell was the interesting one, just going, no, you know, I don't, I don't know that I want any part of that. I'm gonna stay where I am and see where without this a conference. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's an assumption at Florida State, whether it's right or wrong, we'll find out. But I think there's an assumption that they will be in one of the two power leagues sooner rather than later. But I think it was his way of going. Ah, that's not that's. I'm good where I am. I'll I'll stick this one out as opposed to racing off to Tuscaloosa to constantly be compared to to um, Nick Saban. Sark surprised you if he was next. Uh, the surprising part was that I think Steve Sarkeesian let it be known. Not surprising. The, but if you're Alabama, this was welcome to the real world. I don't think Sarkeesian would have taken the job. I think he was going to stay where he was. I think, And I think most coaches would tell you they view Texas as a better job today than Alabama. NIL, resources, that kind of thing. Um, In the same league, no divisions. You know, Alabama's problem moving forward is that I don't know that look are they are they a elite program yes are they a very very good program obviously better than 90 something percent of pro sure but are they a unicorn no not not anymore not in this era where it's it's no longer all of your money has to be under the table you have to get a bunch of car dealers and uh, beer distributors and and jewelry people to do things privately under the table to make it work. You don't have to do that anymore. Now you can you can uh, raise the money above the table in a, in a variety of different ways. You can make it cool. You can almost peer pressure people into giving money. Um, and once you once you get past that stage, you you can raise it corporately. You can raise it privately. Um, but it's all legal, and, and now you can go get players, and, and you don't have to do it in that secretive way anymore. And Alabama's one of the programs that really benefited from the old model. They, they had mastered it, and that model's really obsolete now, with the exception of putting enough money together to um, you know bring kids to campus and pay off an uncle who just returned to a kid's life for the first time in 16 years or to pay off a seven-on-seven coach or a runner. I mean, you still got to do that stuff, and so you have to have some dirty money. But for the most part, everything's above board. 
it's a different deal. It's a completely different situation. Some programs better than others at it. Obviously, I, across the state, uh, Ole Miss sort of waiting on word as far as how this uh, resolves itself with Derek Nix. Auburn, the uh, Auburn offensive coordinator position still open. Hugh Freeze has uh, courted Derek for what feels like eight weeks, but I guess about a week now at that point. Um, it has been going on with uh, some subtext throughout social media as Lane Kiffin uh, has tweeted um, at free sort of a couple times, and then it's been very, very public about tweeting any story out there where Hugh Freeze admitted that he was the play caller for the 2024 season uh, coming up. And it appears to be connected to that in some way that Derek uh, wants or requires uh, full OC responsibilities. And Lane has made it very clear that Hugh is at least planning to call plays next season. So, I mean, I I think we're looking at resolution in the next 24 hours or so of this. But it's kind of lingered on and on and on between Ole Miss and their wide receivers coach and, and Auburn and trying to fill this coordinator spot that I haven't even seen any other candidates for this. I mean, huge Rolodex, again, being very exposed here as he looks to fill these spots. The part I don't understand is, okay, let's say that you, you give Derek the OC title, but Hugh calls the plays. Is there someone that's coming down to police who calls the plays? And therefore, well, because today I can't tell you who the hell calls the plays between Ole Miss half the time. I don't yeah, know if it's so Lane or Charlie. I don't, I don't. Well, no, I think if anything, it's just Hugh being stupid. Just shut up for a week. Yeah. He's documented it everywhere. But, I mean, even with it being documented, I, I, I mean, who's who's supposed to police that? Yeah, yeah. I don't. Or, 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 or being bound to it. I mean, like mid-season, if you change your mind. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you don't have to just go, well, no matter what, you're the dude. Yeah, I don't – it's not where I'm like team freeze or anything here, but like – I mean, I, I get what Kiffin's trying to say, but if they if they give him the title of OC, he's the OC. Mm-hmm. Even if we all know because he said it or because we just know the guy, we know that freeze is going to call the plays unless they don't work, at which point somebody else will have called the plays. And Lane is, stays pretty annoyed by Hugh in general. It doesn't really take a lot to yeah. point him in that direction. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that Lane doesn't <laughs> like Hugh Freeze. I don't. Uh, I, Hugh probably doesn't like Lane either. So there's there's some mutual distaste there. Uh, Marine Rebel, thanks for the super chats. Saban couldn't stack talent, and now players are getting paid. Saban could stack talent, and now players are getting paid as much or more than Bama can afford. And by that, the backups that want to play. Yeah, I mean the backups at Bama are free reign for a lot of people because they can go across the country and play, and then. Bama can't play them all. They get disgruntled. I mean, waiting three years to play is a unicorn in today's college football where guys hang out or redshirt or do whatever they do as they uh, as they move forward with uh, with that. So, anyway, it's kind of what's going on in college football. We'll follow the next thing. And then uh, any recruiting, figure out who this is that Pete Golding is tweeting about today and uh, wherever the rubber stand as this period kind of plays out. Um Look at NFL. I'm going to go to college basketball in a minute. We're, we're going to look at NFL tomorrow. Still two more games coming up with that. The afternoon game is that Buffalo-Pittsburgh game that got moved from yesterday because of tremendous amounts of snowfall in the uh, Buffalo area. And then the nightcap tonight at 
kind of a dud of a game if you can have one in the NFL playoffs. You've got the Buccaneers and you've got the Eagles. A.J. Brown out for Philadelphia tonight. They're really banged up. And then Baker Mayfield also dealing with a lot of uh, injury issues as well. So it's a, it's a bit of a mess there. From uh, from that standpoint, in that game tonight, I have, you know, I think I think you and I both gave it like a four or something the other day. It's even less than that. I mean, it might have to be close in the second half for me to even turn it on at some point tomorrow. It's a great time to get started on your resolutions with Factor. So you're ready for the new year. They're ready to eat meal delivery. Takes the stress out of meal planning. Sets you up for success in this new year. Skip the grocery stores, the prep work, the cooking fatigue. Make it easy. Get chef crafted, dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. 35 meals to choose from for, per week. Keto, calorie smart, vegan plus, veggie, whatever you're looking for. 55 weekly add-ons, ton of nutritious and flavorful options to kickstart your resolutions. And now offer loads of snack options like breakfast, smoothies, juices, snacks, and more to keep going no matter what's on the schedule. You can skip the overpriced takeout trap. It's cheaper than takeout. Again, those chef-crafted restaurant-quality meals delivered right to your door with Factor, they've got the uh, special education, special occasions. They'll take care of you with Gourmet Plus. It's the solution if you're looking for fast upscale options. Also, no matter what it is, they've got the answer. They have everything. A week of flavorful, nutritious eats, ready-to-eat meals, cold-pressed juices, smoothie, energy bites, energy protein, veggie sides, and more to keep you energized during these frantic times. Head to factormeals.com slash mpw50. Use the code mpw50. Get 50% off. That's MPW50 at factormills.com. Well, it's sure not going to live up to last night's game. So, um, yeah, it's it's one I'm not particularly – it's the only one I'm, I'm partic- not particularly interested in. The playoffs have been entertaining. As someone who's been sitting here sort of immobile, nowhere to go, nothing to do, I have appreciated the NFL playoffs. Um, but, yeah, Tampa, Philly is – neither one of those teams, in my opinion, is headed to a Super Bowl. Again, it'll be the main thing tomorrow, so I'm not going to use up all of our content right now, barring whatever happens today on the college football side of things. But, you know, last night's game, clearly the best game of the weekend, the only game that hasn't been a blowout to this point. And I, I, I've liked Detroit all year. They're fun. I like Jared Goff. Dan Campbell is entertaining to me. So I, I definitely have nothing negative about the Lions, but because of Dylan and whatever, and even despite my Saints situation, I do kind of pull for the Rams. Last night was odd because I was really happy for that Lions fan base. They haven't won a playoff game in 30 years. Um, I know a couple really diehard Lions fans. I was really happy for them um, as that thing played out last night. But the officiating cost the Rams that football game yesterday. Matthew Stafford got no protection compared to everybody else in the league that is anywhere close to his stature or above it. I just found it sort of interesting that, look, I'm not advocating. I think they probably call too many penalties at time, but it is where today's NFL is, situ- is situated. And I think because of the romanticism around it being the Lions, that got no play at all. Everybody completely ignored that the Rams essentially had their two best offensive players taken out of the game, which would have been personal fouls with a lot of other players in the league. I mean, Matthew Stafford's a Super Bowl champion veteran and doesn't get the level of protection that some rookies get. It's a really interesting thing, week after week after week. I don't really know why it is. I'm not again. I'm not doing the. It's rigged. That's not my point. But when you watch it play out in real time, you go, "Oh my God!" They. I mean, had that been Mahomes, we would have like filed lawsuits last night. And yet, you just kind of moved on because it was Detroit. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I'm going to have to watch a replay because I, I I think I took my pain meds around halftime and I didn't really I don't really remember the second half. I slept through a good por- portion of it. I, I woke up and, and saw the score. Um, yeah, so I, I can't I can't comment on the officiating part. I just remember the part of the game that I did watch was really entertaining. You could tell that it was uh, it was everything that we kind of thought it would be, which which mm-hmm. is what it was. The one that I thought was interesting, and again, I won't, we won't waste our content here, but I thought Green Bay Dallas was a fascinating football game on so many levels. If you're if you're Dallas today. I think today's the look in the mirror day. And you have to acknowledge this isn't going to work. We can keep repeating this. We can keep doing it. It's not going to work. Um, and that's painful. They they are a really good regular season team that's awful in the playoffs. You have to and, fire him today. Yeah, and I, th- I think you've got to figure out a way. I think you've got to m- make a move at quarterback. He's He's not... He doesn't. It, it, it doesn't appear that he's a championship quarterback. Jordan Love was clearly the more poised quarterback yesterday. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He had. They had a really good plan. He was very good. Jones had a, a lot of really good runs. Um, I thought they called a great game. They put Love in position to make plays and to get comfortable, and he did. And then he's then he started making plays. Um, and, and, yeah, he played with a lot of poise. He played with a lot of confidence. And you just can't say the same for Prescott. Not, I'm not picking on Prescott. He's a really good regular season quarterback. But the, the postseason's a different animal. Every possession is so magnified. And um, he just didn't. It's, it, it's much the same way with, you know, like the, the Kansas City-Miami game. You know, Mahomes makes plays when he just has to absolutely make them. And they, mm-hmm. they find a way to win games. And even when you're like, oh, the Chiefs are fallible, the Chiefs are vulnerable. They are, but they, they keep winning. Um, it's the opposite with Dallas. Regular season, they win 11, 12, 13 games. They get into the playoffs, they get beat. And Dak was not poised, made mistakes early, let the game get out of hand. And then, you know, what's going to get overshadowed a little because everybody's so Dak-focused is how bad that defense just got shredded yesterday and just gave me yeah. a chance because they couldn't get off the field. I mean, you're down 44-16, whatever it ended up being, I don't know, there at uh, at one point. 
Well, I mean, look, Green Bay had three – their first three possessions, they went 75-75-75 and scored. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you if you tell the Packers coaching staff before the game, hey, first three drives, we're going 75 yards and scoring, they're like, well, we're, we're advancing. And they did. They, they, they made enough plays on defense to to put the game away. And then, you know, Dallas – a lot of what Dallas got really was in junk time when – Green Bay was like, okay, look, we're going to let you drive the field, but we want you to eat six, seven minutes to do it. The start to the Cowboys game was very, for the Packers was very similar to what the Lions did to the Rams, but what you saw Stafford and the Rams do was answer and stay kind of in it and okay and, hey, hit some plays and don't freak out. Dallas just freaks out. And, look, it, it, it's last thing, and I am moving on to basketball. It's, it's still indicative to me that – all these teams lost. You had blowouts. Jerry Jones still the only guy that goes right to the mic. It is a culture issue. It is all screwed up all the way around. Jerry can't shut up. He can't make it not be about him at this point. And now look, he's not changing his stripes at this point of his life. It is what it is. But it, I do think it's relevant to why they have not been anywhere near a contender in the last 25 years at this point. So, again, we'll hit it tomorrow. Schedule not quite set. We know when the games are going to be. But we don't know the teams in them completely as uh, two of those have to be decided today. Um, the Ravens do not know who they are playing. The Texans don't know who they're playing. The Chiefs don't know who they're playing. And then we have this uh, Steelers-Bills game remaining in the AFC and, again, Bucks and Eagles in the uh, in the NFC at this point. Uh, as I alluded to at the beginning of the show, Ole Miss 69, Vanderbilt 56. Yesterday, uh, sorry, Saturday from the Pavilion, the Rebels moving to, I think, 15-1 and overall. Two and one in the uh, in the SEC. Matthew Morrell had eighteen or twenty one in the first half. Um, ended up playing incredibly well. Ole Miss played pretty sloppy. Honestly, it was not their best game of the season by uh, by far. But I, I thought the one notable thing we're not going to go crazy breaking down a game that Ole Miss won by thirteen points against the worst team in the league at home. But Vanderbilt did cut it to three at one point in the second half, and you could have had a freak out moment right there. Um, it was starting to get a little dicey. Vanderbilt was using some length inside. They were playing some zone. Ole Miss wasn't hitting shots. Couldn't get inside in the zone. Couldn't couldn't shoot over it. It got it got kind of funky offensively for Ole Miss. And when Vanderbilt hit that shot to go up three, or sorry, to be only down three, Ole Miss comes right back. I think Morrell or Murray hits a three. They go in a little 8-0 run there, spurt to push it back out to 11, and that decided the game. It was just kind of another growth point in, in this, a game that you absolutely could not lose from a metric standpoint. Frankly, you can't lose many home games, period, because you're just trying to count wins in this very difficult league right now. But it was the only time of the game where I really went, okay, that is sort of what the story of it is or something that we can take forward, and that's that they had another chance to sort of freak out, and they didn't. They uh, they found a way to push it out, and then it ended up being a laugh for the last you know, 8, 10 minutes or whatever it was as Ole Miss stayed ahead by double figures. And they even covered um, – Vanderbilt completely shut the game down with about two minutes left. Didn't foul, didn't do anything, and it just sort of sat right there at 11-13, to 13 and Ole Miss wins by 13. The line was 12. So, that was it. Uh, they, I agree with that. They, yeah, I agree. They had a chance to freak out, and they didn't. They, they keep – they did what they needed to do last week. They needed to win two home games. They needed to beat Florida and beat Vanderbilt and hold serve. They did. And so now they get two road games this week where if you could find a way to steal one, and the one to steal would be the one on Wednesday night against LSU. Yeah. Um, you know, Auburn. I think, I think Auburn's elite right now. But um, if you could find a way to steal one, you're, you're, you're three and two, and suddenly you're in great shape. But even if you don't, 
even if you're two and three at the end of the week, I think you get Arkansas at home and then maybe it's at Columbia. I just, you know, nine, 10 SEC wins is probably going to get you in the tournament. And right it's now at they're college they're, station. Oh, at college station. Okay. And they had a big win over, they beat Kentucky. They did. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it, it leagues hard. It's, it's getting to the tournament. It's going to be hard. I think this is going to be a bubble team. Um, they, they, they sort of look like one. Um, but sorry about my text. It's the family text is going wild. Oh, you're good. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I do like the poise they play with. They, they're learning how to win. I mean, last season, Ole Miss won three SEC games. Three. They already have two. So, and there is something to that learning how to win thing. Learning how to finish games. Learning how to bounce back from a loss, learning how to flush a loss, all of those things. You know, they got they got blown out at, at, at in Knoxville, and um, they just let it be what it was, which was one loss, and they just moved on. And they, they got the win over Florida, and, and then, you know, the the Vanderbilt game didn't have some of the juice that you you normally would have for a, a league game, and yet they, they found a way to win it. And now I think they have a real opportunity on Wednesday in, in, in Baton Rouge against LSU. I think this is a, a, a very stealable game for them. LSU's played well. LSU's been good. LSU got beat, I think it was like 16, 18 points at Auburn, which is nothing to be ashamed of. Auburn's really, really good, especially at home. But this will be a, a real opportunity for Ole Miss in, um, in Baton Rouge. Yeah, Morrell finishes with uh, 24. He goes 9 for 17 from the field, 6 of 12 from 3. Alan Flanagan added 16 on 5 of 12 shooting. Jalen Murray, uh, 3 of 11 from the field for 12. Had a big 3, though, during that, that period I was talking about. Brakefield didn't do much. He was down to only 4 points, but they found a way to win despite that. And then uh, Cissé, pretty efficient. He ends up 3 for 3 from the field, uh, 9 points. Gave him, gave him minutes, didn't get into foul trouble, and Sharp was kind of in foul trouble most of the game. So I thought Cissé was pretty critical down on the block a little bit there for Ole Miss in the front court. Uh, during that, Ole Miss shoots 40% from the field, 40% from 3, and then uh, 73 from the, uh, the stripe on that 11 for 15 from the line. Vanderbilt, 37%, 22%, and 60%. Uh, Ole Miss up to 43rd nationally in offensive adjusted, adjusted efficiency per Ken Palm. So top 50 uh, offensively efficient team right now for the Rebels. They're at 121 defense and uh, still that just 338 offensive rebound giving up percentage right now uh, nationally. The one just black hole they have in their, uh, in their metrics that kind of is what it is. They're having to play around it. They're having to shoot through it. Podcast brought to you in part by GNM Pharmacy and Tyson Drugs there in Holly Springs. GNM in Oxford, Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. They've got their uh, high dose flu shots for patients over 65 years old or uh, anyone that needs that level of protection. Flu obviously going around big time right now. So you can uh, you can get that. You can also get the RSV vaccine they have in uh, stock as well at both locations, Holly Springs and Oxford, and they make it easy. They let you schedule your appointments for your vaccines. Come in, get them, be on your way. That's 662 to schedule. 662-236-2222 for GNM in Oxford or 662-252-2321 for Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. Podcast also brought to you by the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got uh, 2024 football season tickets available now. That's for new and renew 
tickets. Take advantage of that. Go ahead and get on with it. The excitement is only going to increase prior to the 2024 season. Also, men's and women's basketball, they start conference play this week. you got SEC mini plans and single-game tickets still available. That is for uh, men's basketball, women's basketball. And then uh, we tell you about multiple campaigns going on right now, the Champions Now campaign. That's the big capital campaign from the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation. You've got Forever Ole Miss if you're looking into state state planning, Vault Society, Empower, a lot of different ways to uh, do philanthropic giving there with the foundation. Also, a reminder, the women's and women's tennis teams have upcoming matches at home later this month. Tickets not required for that. And then, obviously, Morgan Wallen tickets still available. All those things, Ole Miss ticks. I've been telling you that Prime Shrimp is giving away free, free shrimp for the entire year to one lucky rebel. Here's how to enter. You go to primeshrimp.com slash mpw. You place any order, any order at all. Use promo code JUICE. Take 20% off your order and be entered to win. You can place additional entries by posting your shrimp on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter with hashtag primeshrimp. Hashtag mpw. Winners will be chosen on January 31st. So get that orders in. And then also the podcast brought to you by NE Spark. NE Spark is a service people across rural communities. Two packages, the Ignite, the 100 Mbps, or the Blaze. The one gig, it powers the Clark Ford Studio. I've got it at home as well. Your hometown team bringing you world-class broadband. That's anyspark.com, 662-238-3159. Phone service, parental controls, network security, and much more. So, again, get the best internet in Lafayette County. That's 662-238-3159. It's how they won, though, on Saturday was that they they, yeah. they won the rebounds. If they'd lost rebounds on Saturday, because Vanderbilt sort of played breakfield off the floor, if uh, – if they had lost rebounds, they, they would have lost that game. The fact that they kind of controlled the glass for most of the night was the reason that they won. By the way, why is everybody mad at Jerry Stackhouse for what he said? I don't think what he said had literally anything to do with Ole Miss at all. Like, not even to the point that I don't even think he was talking about Ole Miss. I think he is so frustrated with his job security and with Vanderbilt not putting yeah. money into NIL with anything related to helping him put a roster together, that he simply picked out a team in a in a frustrated moment. And now look, Ole Miss did. They went in the portal. They made their team better. They went from three and fifteen in the SEC to probably eight to ten SEC wins or whatever this ends up being for this group of rebels. So yeah, he had a good stamp, st- sample size. But look, no, Ole Miss is not the best team money can buy in college basketball. There are plenty of teams that are better than Ole Miss and the money they can buy. That was a shot at his own administration and his own inability to do anywhere near what Chris Beard did in a in a renovation project at his own school. That's what that yeah, was. Yeah, 100%. I, 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 all these, I'm not a Jerry Stackhouse guy. I don't have anything against him. I just, whatever. I mean, frankly, I most don't... people in the league don't like him. But, yeah, this was not one of those points. But I had no issue with what he said. I, I, I read the words. I was like, that's true. That's true. I mean – Ole Miss is absolutely better because it went in the portal. I mean, that, that's why they're better. They went and they got, they got Flanagan out of the portal, uh, Murray out of the portal, two Murrays out of the portal, Cissé, Sharp. The majority of the guys that are playing on the, on the court came from the portal. And they've done one hell of a job with Brakefield and, and Murrell. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah. they surrounded those guys, and I guess T.J. Caldwell, with – Guys out of the portal. Mm-hmm. So they did put a portal team together, and they're significantly better the next season. Uh, that, that shouldn't – people are like, he's a crybaby. Uh, no, he's not. He, he, was, 
he was just saying the tr- the message was sent to his own people like you you want to compete and yet you don't let me add from the portal I'm competing as people that are adding from the portal and look mm-hmm. at them I mean Ole Miss is 15 and one two and one Vanderbilt's five and 11 0 oh and three I mean his frustration is was not that I didn't take that as a jab at Ole Miss at all if anything it was a a series of punches directly to the face of the administration that he works for. Question of the stream, would this team beat Kermit's first team? That was an eight seed in the NCAA tournament. I think they went 10 and eight in the SEC. Uh, that'd be a really good guard matchup. Cause I mean, Ole Miss had some talent link there with TD and Devonte and, and those guys. I don't know. Uh, I don't, I don't remember that team all the way from a roster standpoint. They were really athletic with Brian and and Devante and obviously Terrence. They had they had a couple of bigs that were productive. Um, I don't know. I I think this team would beat that team. It it'd be t- two really different styles. Obviously, that team that team started fast, and then once people scouted them and figured them out a little bit, they slowed them down. This team, this team feels like it's actually improving game to game. Yeah, I'd buy that. Uh, the metrics, guys, chill out. It's going to be all right by the time March gets here. If you're in position for that to matter, um, yeah, it just it is what it is. I think Nets up in the fifties. I think Ken Palm's around sixty-eight or seventy at this point. But you got a lot of SEC games, and you're playing Auburn on Saturday at Auburn. That's going to bump your numbers up no matter what you do in that game. As we said at LSU on Wednesday. At Auburn on Saturday, I think Ken Palm gave Ole Miss a 45% chance, so basically a coin flip in Baton Rouge um, is what the, the numbers had it at at this point. LSU does suffer their first SEC loss of the season. They were 2-1 and one prior to a 93-78 loss at Auburn on a Saturday night in that one elsewhere in the SEC. Georgia gave Tennessee one hell of a run in Athens, but Tennessee goes on a late uh, spurt there to pull that away, give uh, – Georgia, its first loss. They've been good under Mike this year. He's done a, he's done a nice job with that team. Georgia's playing well, but Tennessee does win 85-79 in Athens in that game. The game you alluded to was in overtime. Texas A&M 97, Kentucky 92 in College Station on Saturday as they, uh, they pulled it out. Kentucky really was discombobulated there in that overtime period, did not play well, sort of kind of lost their composure a little bit. But A&M gets a, a, a much-needed and a key win over the number six Wildcats. Uh, South Carolina goes to Columbia, Missouri and wins 71-69 in overtime. You mentioned it in 10 Thoughts. I mean, there, there are some parallels in Lamont Paris and Chris Beard and the way they've kind of changed the, we keep using the word culture, but the the poise of their teams. I mean, that's a game, again, that South Carolina loses in the past in overtime right there on the road. I mean, they would just freak out. And instead, they've done such a good job kind of riding Michi Johnson and some other dudes. And he's put a good product on the floor in Columbia compared to what they should be. And not so much in Missouri. They're starting to really uh, scuffle and struggle there in in Como. Yeah, the Missouri part's the surprising part because they were really good last season and played with – from a a culture standpoint. Look, it's so year to year now, especially in basketball. I mean – you look around the league, and there's example after example of where like the result is sort of baffling. Missouri's one of those teams; they should be better than they should be better than they are, but it just hasn't come together yet. And he didn't suddenly become a bad coach; it just hasn't worked. Um, 
you know, you, you see it again, like you see it at Arkansas. They're 0 and 3, mm-hmm. and they look like a 4 and 14 sort of team. And I mean, he, he didn't, Musselman didn't forget how to coach. It just, this particular group hasn't come together, and they don't, they don't make sense. So much of putting a team together now is making sure that you put a team together that, that complements one another. And the margins are so low. Yeah. Because the league's good. I mean, you're just... There's no gimme sitting there waiting on you, for the most part. Um, yeah, which is good. There's, I mean, that metrically. The only metrically freebie is Vandy. There's yeah. a, I, think, I think Arkansas, South Carolina are in the hundreds, and then everybody else is in the top 100. I mean, you spoke like, of Arkansas. Go ahead. I mean, like Auburn's eight, I think. Bama's five or six. Tennessee's um, still way up there, too. Tennessee's up there. Kentucky's got a high number. Florida still has a very good net rating. Um, there's Texas A&M has a good net rating. I mean, it's, it's a – metrically, it's why – like to your point, all the people freaking out about uh, Ken Palm's computers, there's really no reason to. You're going to play 16 at minimum more SEC games. And I don't think Ole Miss plays Vanderbilt again. So No, I don't think so. Every game you play is going to be against teams that are at least better than 120 or so in the net. So you're going to have opportunities, and the losses aren't going to hurt you. Like a loss at LSU on Wednesday night is not going to hurt Ole Miss. And a win would be a top 100 win. So, you know, they're fine. Just win games. I think they've got to get to – I think they've probably got to get to 10 SEC wins, but that might include Nashville. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if, you're, if you've got 10 wins in the league after the, the first, your first game in, in the SEC tournament in Nashville in, in March, you're probably feeling good about things. You spoke of Arkansas. Florida just absolutely killed them at the O'Connell Center on uh, Saturday. 90-68 over the Razorbacks. I mean, just throttled by 22 there in, yeah. uh, in that one. Again, Arkansas's Ole Miss's next home game. That's Wednesday week from now. An 8 o'clock start for uh, for that one with the Razorbacks and the Rebels. And then a uh, two-point game in the last minute before Alabama pulls away. They do win a game in Starkville, knocking off the Bulldogs 82-74 on Saturday night. Really well-played game from both teams. State's playing well. Um, Alabama's good. So Yeah, those are two tournament teams. Yeah. Two teams played well, one, whatever. Ole yeah. Miss gets uh, stayed at home, I think, pro- after the co- trip to College Station. So it's at um, at LSU, at Auburn, the ultimate of ultimate free shots. Go to Neville Arena and see what happens in, uh, in that one. Hope that some of Bruce's issues with Andy and uh, Kermit carries over to Chris Beard, I guess. And then uh, home against Arkansas at A&M, and then back-to-back home games and a huge week for Ole Miss. If you want to really look ahead, they've got Auburn and Mississippi State at home back-to-back that uh, that next week from a uh, schedule standpoint. So it's kind of where that sits. But, yeah, as Neil said, metrically it all looks uh, looks pretty good for Ole Miss. Just kind of continue to win, see where it uh, it goes from uh, from there at that, uh, at that point. So, yeah. Not mad at Jerry Stackhouse. Rebels win. Knock off Vanderbilt 69-56. In uh, in that one Saturday at the Pavilion, I, I saw a bunch of stuff on the message board. I actually thought the crowd was fine Saturday. It was pretty full. I I, I didn't. There was nothing about the crowd that really threw me off on uh, on Saturday. Oh, it, it's so much better than it has been in such a long time. 
it, it's not an overnight deal. It takes a minute. And it's it's grown leaps and bounds in 15 games. So everybody And the kids aren't – the students aren't here yet. No. Still another week. You know, I mean – Class starts a week from today. And you've been really bad for a long time. It's going to take a minute for people to completely get back into it. I mean, I, some of the whining and complaining about crowds is – it's borderline obnoxious. People don't just immediately come back. That's not how that works. It, they were really bad for, what, four years? And one of those years was the COVID year where you did the whole COVID thing. Hey, stay six feet apart. You have to wear a mask. Can you do this and that? People turned off to that. It is what it is. And then you came back from that, and they were really bad for a couple of years. And so it's going to take a minute for people to go, oh, you know what? Maybe, maybe it's worth investing in. It's going to take a minute. They've played two SEC home games. Just relax. I bet there's a big crowd for the Arkansas game for yes. that, that night. And then as they get into February, and, and if this team continues to compete the way that it, it has, and I, I fully anticipate that it will, and the games get bigger, I think you'll see bigger and bigger crowds. It just takes a minute. But this yelling at people because they don't, race to Oxford on a Saturday in, in, in January for a, a Vanderbilt game at noon. Just, it feels just, I don't know, just relax. Your start times today for the NFL games, it's 3.30 on CBS for Steelers and Bills, and it is uh, 7.15 on ESPN. I think, I think ESPN and ABC kind of doing this dual thing for uh, what is essentially Monday Night Football between the Eagles yeah. and the uh, and the Bucks in uh, in that one. Last thing, I, I know he's getting a ton of buzz multiple places, frankly, Dallas, Atlanta. Can you give me a real reason why I would want Bill Belichick running my franchise at 71 years old and after the struggles he's had the last few seasons? Because I don't have one, I'll be honest. No. Give me Mike Vrabel or somebody else all day. He's not who I would hire. I mean, I... I mean, the, the, what he, I guess what he brings is a guy who knows everyone in the league, has a ton of cachet, could conceivably put together a, a really solid staff, does know how to win. But look, if you let's say you put Bill Belichick in Dallas, is he making Dak Prescott a better quarterback? No. Um, you know, if you put... I mean, the one that would make some sense is because Belichick has won when he's had a really good quarterback is maybe you put him in Los Angeles with the Chargers, give him Herbert, let him build around that. Um, although the, 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 I think a, the rumblings are, and it could happen as early as today, is, is Harbaugh could interview there. and that That's where he's going to end up is the Chargers. Um, he is interviewing officially today, yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't. I I can't. Can, I I wouldn't be able to sell you on Belichick. I mean, has the game not the game passed him by, but has has the way you coach people passed him by? Can you be that difficult on? Like you know, you watch like the hard knocks thing with Mike McDaniel. That's probably the norm now. By the way, I hear more sleet falling right now as we speak. It's only sleeting. That's all that's going on. It, it is 18 degrees outside. It feels like it's four, and it's just sleeting. There's no snow. Yeah. And there's no snow at all. 
And yet the Weather Channel says three to five inches of snow, and I'm like, but yeah. where? No, no, no. I mean, I don't like know. I, people- I don't know why that is. We like, I, I don't know a bunch of meteorologists, like, but. Those people would really the, struggle with the reaction we get when we take LSU and, and, and lay the two. They, they, they yeah. would, they, they'd be really frustrated with the pushback. <laughs> That's true. Really I mean, the weather awkward. guy gets to go, hey, it's going to rain or it's not. There are two options. Okay, cool. Yeah, they're like, well, you know, things changed. We, we don't get that benefit. We get, we get yelled at. Yeah. Like, you predict the kid's going to sign with Ole Miss and then he doesn't? Never, you never live that one down. Uh, apparently it's snowing huge at Hernando. Yeah, we're. I think we're like right on the line. Anything north of us, I think, is actually getting snow. Uh-oh. Oh, okay. But we are getting ice. We're getting I mean, ice. There's, there, the there's a big hill in our neighborhood. I'm sure we can go take the sled and get down the hill because it's going to look like dang Christmas vacation with all the all the ice. But yeah, I don't think we're getting snow. Like I'm looking at the weather. Uh, there's still, as of this moment, this National Weather Service, it still says snow. 13 degrees, feels like minus one. Winter storm warning. Let's see if they're still using the word snow. My weather app says sleet should sleet should should continue for at least three hours. Okay. This says additional snow accumulations of up to two inches and ice no accumulations snow. of a light glaze, but there's nothing. Yeah, 15 degrees out right now. The high is 21. The low is 12 today. Yeah, they're, they're doing like 99% chance of snow at 11 a.m. And yet I don't see it. When I look at the radar, everything just looks like ice. So I don't know. It feels like four outside right now. You getting out and sledding? That's what I mean. I think we probably sled. Yeah, like I said, there's a big hill over here, so I think we can pull that off. But I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't suggest today. getting out and driving around anywhere. I, I will. I will not be sledding today. I feel confident in saying that. That's not 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 on the menu for me. No, I think you're pretty much. Uh, Reeves would. Reeves would. Reeves would be quite <laughs> unhappy with me if I said, "Hey, I went sledding." You'd be back in the operating room here soon. Yeah. You'd tear yeah, something sure. back open again at that point. No, I'm, so, I feel, right. feel quite confident with that. I'm, I'm still I'm still mastering the crutches. So, Yeah. Well, we hit a bunch of NFL tomorrow. Um, we'll go through it. Um, really happy for Laramie on uh, Saturday. They just trounced the Browns. Uh, we'll discuss that a little bit and then more fallout. Probably from a coaching and a game standpoint, we'll have the full schedule for the next round, which we talk about the best weekend in football, the divisional round playoff games, those coming up next week. And then uh, we'll start looking at LSU a little bit prior to Wednesday night. Again, that is um, Ole Miss and the Tigers at the PMAC uh, on Wednesday night. The Rebels 2-1 and one in the SEC. Uh, so is LSU. So that's where we sit going into Wednesday. Appreciate Neil toughening it out. And uh, rebelgrove.com in the meantime, again, whatever Pete Golding's shark meant, we'll have that uh, that content and coverage to you as the day moves on also. So all that and more coming up, mpwdigitalrebelgrove.com. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow.